Welcome to Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now, it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I hope you had a fabulous August. As you may well know, I didn't do any podcasts during August, although one did slip out totally accidentally. And that's just because I just haven't been on the ball as I should do. But yes, I've had a break. I've had a holiday and I've been away with the kids And let me tell you, I am so pleased that they are at school and at nursery because it's exhausting. It totally is. Well, completely and utterly exhausting. And I'm really, really excited to kick things back off again with the podcast. And I've got loads of really great stuff to bring you over the coming weeks. Now, today I've got a really, really great show for you. I've got... I'm chatting to Giudita Tornetta, who is a doula, among other things, based out of LA. And a little bird told me that she was, in fact, Pink's doula. Pink, the uh, pop star that you may have, you've probably heard of. So I'm going to be chatting to her in, in just a little bit. But I just wanted to share with you some amazing news that I heard about while I was on holiday. And that is that this podcast has been nominated for an award here in the UK. It's been nominated in the kids and family category. And I'm currently waiting with all my fingers and toes crossed to find out whether we won. Now, I found out in the middle of August, while I had no internet connection, no Wi-Fi and barely any phone reception. And so I couldn't really do anything about it other than just squeal in utter delight that the podcast has been nominated. So it's amazing, amazing, amazing news. And um, if you did find out about it, I did try and put a few things on Facebook, on the Facebook group, but it was very difficult for me with very limited connection. So if you did and you voted, then thank you very, very much. Um, But I'll be able to let you know in a few weeks what the story is, whether or not we've won. Obviously, uh, I'll let you know even if we don't, which will be very, very sad. But it's still amazing that the podcast has been nominated. So I just want to thank you for the support in continuing to listen to the podcast and if you voted then thank you thank you very much right now I'm going to now hand over the time that I spoke with Judita. Now, Judita is an incredible woman. She's based, like I said, out of LA. She's a doula. She's a clinical hypnotherapist. And she's also the author of two books. The first book that she wrote was called Painless Childbirth. So during our chat, she's going to be sharing with me her perspective on pain in childbirth and why it is possible to have a painless childbirth. So there's going to be loads of great perspectives that she's going to share during our chat, which are just 
you've just got to listen to what she's got to say because it really does does help you to realise that this isn't just something that only the lucky few experience, that it really is something that we can all experience in our own childbirth experiences. But then we also talk about conscious birthing and how to have a conscious pregnancy as well and how by living minute to minute can really help to contribute and bring about that painless childbirth experience. But then she also talks about how it's so important to what she says, do the work, which is what I call, you know, doing that head trash clearance work during your pregnancy, clearing away all your fears and anxieties and stresses while you're pregnant so that you can prepare to be a mother and prepare for the magical moment that is birth. And she's got a great way of helping you to kind of chunk that down. And that's by aligning that kind of work with your chakras and how your chakras are kind of aligned with the way that the baby develops, but also how you can sort of use the chakras to guide you on your own journey of clearing out all the crap in your life and all the stuff in your head that is really going to be preventing you from having an amazing and magical birthing experience. So as you can tell just from my intro, this chat with Judita is just super, super fascinating and she is brilliant, such great energy. So I really hope that you enjoy listening to the time that I spoke to Judita when she was in LA and I was over here in the UK. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome Judita to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, so wonderful to be here. So amazed that I'm in the UK right now. I love <laughs> you most, it. You most certainly are. Now, before we, we, there's so much that we're going to talk about today that um, yeah. we're going to be talking probably about conscious pregnancy, conscious birthing, painless childbirth, and so much more, I am sure. Um, but before we start talking about all that stuff, would you mind just sort of sharing a little bit about who you are and how you came to work in the birthing world for listeners that may not know you or may not have come across your work before, Judita? Yes. Well, funny you ask that. It's a really funny story, and I'm going to try to be as concise as possible. The long version is on my book, Painless Childbirth. But I was a television producer and director, actually, and I lost my job. And I was boogie boarding, and I was having, like, a pretty strong conversation with, uh, uh, you know, what I call my higher power of whatever, you know, my, my, it's a female, uh, with a great sense of humor. <laughs> and I was telling, I was telling her, okay, I have two kids that, uh, I have to send to college. I, uh, want to work. Let's go. Give me a job. <laughs> and I heard a very, very strong sort of voice. I mean, it wasn't a booming voice. It was a voice inside my womb now that I understand more than my head that said, uh, okay, do whatever the next person tells you to do. Really? And I was like, okay, that's a challenge, and I'm up for challenges. So <clears throat> I say, I think it's the same day or maybe a day later or something. I was still at the beach. The beach is definitely something that I go to to get uh, clarity. Um, and I met this random woman that I, I there was not a friend. Uh, it, it was just, a you know, somebody that I knew. We were talking about, you know, how you're doing, what you're doing. I'm looking for a job, whatever, whatever. And she looked straight at me and said, oh, my God, there is a lactation cl- a class at UCLA, downtown LA. That would be perfect for you. <laughs> and I looked at her and I went, what <laughs> are you talking about? Sorry, what are you talking about? And uh, I was like, 
okay, I have taken the challenge. So I went home and I Googled, you know, lactation consultant, lactation educator. I wanted to get like an idea, not only of what they were. I mean, I knew what they were because I breastfed my my child, uh, both my children, and they were both born at home. So it's not like I was completely out of that uh, knowledge. But I Googled for a moment and I sort of like looked up the DM and I said, do you know how much I'm making right now? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? But uh, of course, I had taken the challenge. So I went down to this like five hours. No, that was like, yeah, it was five to eight hours a day, five days a week talking about breastfeeding, which was like, okay, put a baby to the boob, eat. End of the class for me. But it was very, very instructive. And there I met a doula. And I was, I had always wanted to write a book about my experience with my daughter, which was a totally painless childbirth. I mean, to the point that I was sleeping and snoring in transition. That's how painless it was. Mm. And, you know, it's the kind of book that you say, I'm going to write when I am, you know, retired and whatever. You know, my, my idea was everybody talks about the horror or birth. I want to be somebody who shared. And, of course, you know, terminal uniqueness. I thought I was the only one. It must have been the only one. I never heard of that before. Yeah. But when I had talked about, you know, writing my book, I had, you know, I would talk to an agent and she said, well, unless you, unless you are involved with a doctor, a nurse, a midwife or something, you know, nobody's going to buy your book or, or at the level of publishers because you have no experience and I thought well I'm not gonna join up with anybody because I don't know anybody but I'll just become the expert and so those two things kind of coincided that is I became a lactation educator at UCLA I met a doula and I realized that I could actually be at the birth and <clears throat> get involved in this industry so that I could publish my book and then, as a you know, as a bet with my higher power, well, I thought it was a great sense of humor. I mean, it was like all kind of funny that way. And then, of course, I went to my first birth. And even though my first birth was very traumatic, it was a teenager, um, very mistreated by the doctor, ended up with a cesarean at 16, which really didn't need to be there, but the doctor was annoyed because all her girlfriends were there because of my suggestion they would be there to just, you know, encourage her in pushing, and the doctor just, like, couldn't deal with a bunch of, you know, high school girls going, push, come on, and she ended up with a cesarean, and I remember after that first birth, again, two things happened. One, I was in love. I was just in love with the role of a doula. Mm. And on the other hand, I went down to the parking lot and I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, this is horrible. And of course, the voice again with a great sense of humor said, well, this is not about you. And I got it. I just was just a real ha-ha moment. And from that moment on, you know, I mean, obviously, I did publish my book, which, by the way, unless you sell a million copies, you're not making a penny out of it. But I became a doula, and I have been a doula ever since. And it's, uh, I feel almost like every job I've ever had 
was so that I get the skills to be able to have to to make this what it is today. So talking about your book then, just talking about the whole idea of a painless childbirth. You know, the, the idea of pain in childbirth is something that a lot of women really the idea of the pain is one of the things that really terrifies them and and you know mm. I've talked a lot on the podcast already that I've had two pain-free births and even when I've shared that with people you know in work environments around us not on the street but to other women they're like nah you, that's not possible you, you know and a lot of people don't believe that that is possible and and you've written a book about it so would you mind just telling us a little bit about you know how you came to want to write this painless book but what is your is it an eight-step process to having a painless childbirth? A little bit about what that is. Absolutely, absolutely. So first of all, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the fact that there is actually research. Mm-hmm. So you know, we we do uh, are so gun ho about evidence-based information. So there is actually research that shows, at least in the United States, that one percent of all births in the United States have been reported as painless, okay? Mm. So we have about, I don't know, about 4 million women that give birth every year in the States. And 1% of that is a good 40,000 women that say that they had a painless childbirth. Now, 40,000 women is just in the States. I work a lot in Bali with my friend Robin Lim in this uh, birthing uh, center in Ubud, and I think that their percentage there is way higher because the women's mentality and way of being is uh, very different. Therefore, you will have like a much higher percentage of painless as well as in many other countries and usually more uh, uh, undeveloped countries in the world. You get a lot more report of painless childbirth. So now let's talk about what painless means, mm. okay? Because I'm not saying that you're not going to feel anything, okay? Mm. It's not like sometimes I get clients that interview me and he says, oh, I got, you know, I really am interested in the painless childbirth. And I'm going, okay, <clears throat> let me explain, <laughs> okay? So pain is something that happens to you when something has gone wrong, you break a leg, you feel pain. Uh, you have appendicitis, you feel pain. It's a continuous pain. There is no positive outcome about it. Uh, you know, you break your leg, you don't even know if you're going to walk again. You have appendicitis, you think you're dying. So there is no positive outcome. It is not normal to break your leg or have appendicitis. And therefore, uh, it's something that uh, requires not only your attention, but probably some medication to help you cope with it. Mm. And it is a continuous, difficult, painful uh, feeling. With childbirth, what we're dealing with is not pain, but intensity. Yeah. Okay? As I tell my people, is like, it's, you know... It's God coming through you and becoming incarnate. It's not going to be, like, not intense, okay? (laughs) It is a pretty intense experience. However, it is up to you whether you consider it painful or just intense. 
furthermore, we if there is a positive outcome, we were built for it. It is not there's nothing wrong with it. So it is our body chemically is completely prepared for it by you know introducing oxytocin which happens to be the love hormone that starts labor that keeps opening up your cervix but it also makes you feel loved and having an epinephrine uh and sorry uh, endorphins in your body that help you with the intensity so everything has been designed for you to have a intense yet powerful magical easy pain less experience but you need to be prepared to accept this experience as something that you are a protagonist in versus labor is happening to you and you're out of control and you're a victim and you're you know there is nothing you can do about it mm. so i think that that is the huge overall difference mm. you mentioned that you felt that in the underdeveloped countries that they have a higher proportion of painless births and you hinted at that's the kind of the mental piece the emotional piece Right. Would you mind just talking a little bit more about that? Because that sounds quite absolutely, absolutely. So, so what happens is that in a lot of other countries, the I think that the um, the experience of painless comes with the acceptance and the embracing of our power as women. It's like, of course, we're going to have a baby. Of course, we're going to know what to do. Of course, our body knows exactly what to do. Of course, this is not a big deal. Of course, I shouldn't be afraid of it. I have seen my mother, my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my neighbor do it because I live in a smaller village. and I. So it's not like such a big, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And yeah. I haven't seen all the movies that tell me that I'm going to scream my head off and bite off the head of my husband and, and you know. So they're not... The media is also for sure responsible of a lot of the pain that women feel in the Western world because the misinformation is incredible. If you go into a village, <clears throat> like let's say you go into a Polynesian village or you go into any other village, the women that when you're pregnant and you walk around, they're going to come around to you and say, oh my God, how beautiful. You're going to do this. It's going to be so easy. Don't worry about it. I mean, that's what they're going to say. Because if they were to say, oh my God, you have no idea. I had a horrible birth. My baby was stuck and I, da, 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 da. they would actually put the juju on you and it was not, it wouldn't be accepted, you know? Mm. So it's really very much a mental attitude coupled with the fact that remember one of the things that I, I ask my uh, I ask a lot during my classes is and, and I'm, I just want to experiment with you is it um, how long do you think labor lasts well mine have been very short so I'm going to be biased towards the short end but I know some women have have it for days but mm -hmm. are you talking about the active bit the active bit is that the bit you mean well, it's, it's a bit of a tricky question, but the bottom line bit? is that labor lasts one minute. One minute. 
You're kidding me. That's it. Right? Well, think about it. A wave lasts one minute. Mm. Then you have a reprieve. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what, no matter who you are, how old you are, where you live, how intelligent, how strong, how weak, no matter what, labor lasts about one minute. Mm. Then you have a reprieve. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. Yeah, right? yeah, I totally agree with that. So as long as you live in the minute, yeah. minute by minute, you're either managing a wave, which will go away, guaranteed, yeah. or you're feeling pretty good in between. Mm. Now, not everybody feels good in between. Not everybody. I mean, there are very few exceptions, but I would say that 99.9 women in the world, or maybe, I don't know, forget the statistics, but for the most part, labor is one minute long. Yeah. We can all manage one minute. Mm, when you well, put it like that. <laughs> is hanging on to what just happened. Oh, my God, that was really hard. And fearing what's about to come. Oh, my God, I can't do another one. Mm. Which makes us go in the past and in the future. Which is the sure way to not be able to manage it and to feel more pain. Mm. Past and future will bring fear. Fear brings adrenaline. Adrenaline goes into the blood system, and adrenaline contracts every muscle, which makes labor very painful. It's like, it's not just, you know, like I say, Birkenstock, sprout eating, granola stuff. It's chemistry, Yeah. right? So automatically, in a country where being a mother is just the way it is, and you live in a village and everybody around it has done it, makes it so that you have less fear. Therefore, labor goes faster, labor is painless, labor is quiet. Oh my God, some of the women are quiet for hours in Bali, and you're just like, you can't believe that they're so quiet, you know? Um, but it's normal, right? There is more fear maybe in breastfeeding sometimes. Mm -hmm. There is more fear in the man, the patriarchal, coming to you and taking you to the hospital. But when you go to a midwife and then you're in a birthing center, or you just have your neighbor midwife coming into your village. It's like, yeah, you know, you've heard some stories that were difficult. But for the most part, women just popped out babies. Because yeah. that's what we do. Mm. However, in the Western world, we have to do a lot of work. Yeah, It's very different. You know, there's almost like no need almost for childbirth education. Or even conscious living. Or meditation or anything like that in these countries. But there is a need for that in this country because basically it's not that we need to learn anything. We need to unlearn a lot. Yeah. And we need to shake off all that conditioning, all those fears, all that stress that we have adopted because of the lifestyles we're living. Absolutely. And actually, if we get Absolutely. back to basics, we're in a Absolutely. much better you know, when I when I was writing my second book, Conversations with the Womb, I was really looking at the way women in the Western world have really had to embrace patriarchy and forget 
their femininity to be able to make it financially in the world. You know, I mean, in the business world, a woman who is, uh, a man is called aggressive, a woman is called emotional or a bitch. You know, uh, you... You know, you have to learn to be no, not emotional. You have to learn not to listen to your guts. You have to be logical. So a lot of women in the Western world to make it, rightly so. Don't get me wrong. I don't have anything wrong against women working or feminism. I'm very much a feminist at heart. But all of that has been taken, instead of embracing even more our femininity, has been taken as... Um, matching up with the patriarchal model and so we have become warriors in the patriarchal model and all of a sudden you know I can't begin to tell you how many president of company big-time lawyers I deal with and I keep telling them and they, you know sometimes they call and I said I don't know what to do with this baby and I'm like you probably have 20 30 200 people under you and you know exactly what to tell them to do. Why are you getting lost with a baby? You know, but they have forgotten. They are perfect bosses. They're fantastic lawyers. But they have forgotten to get in touch with their body. You know, and with their feminine self. And with their womb. With their roots, where they came from. The relationship with the mother. A lot of the fear that happens in childbirth is the fear of being your mother. Of becoming your mother, you know, yeah, or the fear of becoming a mother and losing yourself, mm. and all those thoughts come in right in labor. It's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> when you feel the intensity, you're thinking, why am I doing this? I'm not going to be a good mother. Adrenaline, 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 adrenaline. Fear, catecholamine closes the cervix makes it a lot harder. I'm not good at this. My body's not good at this. And of course you have the doctor to say, oh, you're not dilating a centimeter an hour, which is what the book says. And it's like, oh my God, I'm not good. I don't trust my body. You know, I can, I can cut a $3 million deal, no problem. But having a baby, I was not born for that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's insane. So when you're um, when when you are faced with people like that, the people you've just described, that you know are very very effective in that you know in that patriarchal society, and yes. you can see that they're full of fear. And, and so, how will you? W- what's the process that you would take somebody through to help them to be in a more mindful place when they're giving birth, more present? Well, okay. So so the most important thing is a commitment. Okay. The reason why people find me to be their doula, or even find my book for that matter, or my CDs, or whatever it is that they find, there is a reason why we have come together. That reason might not be that I will be able to help them get to a painless childbirth this time. That's not the point. The point is that they have finally have realized that they need to do some work. Mm. Now, the work cannot be done in a month, you know? I mean, some people can. Everything is possible. 
as you know, birth is so unpredictable, you never know. Yeah. But at least that there is a curiosity about becoming conscious. Mm. And that's the first step. The first step is to become conscious that there are barriers. The second step, and I do a lot of that with my clients through hypnosis, is to finding out what packs we have made that made us believe that we are not good enough, not strong enough, we can't trust our body. And as you know, now, today we know that the majority of our deep-rooted beliefs stem from what happened between zero, or really minus zero, because I think it starts in the, in the belly, yeah. up to three years old. Mm. which is really the non-cognitive time of your life and the time that you hardly ever remember. Yeah. But we are born into this world and everything, not completely empty, not a, like a, not a, you know, a clean slate by any means, but certainly a sponge. Mm. A sponge and a computer with a tremendous amount of memory yeah. But we are inputting information at an incredible speed from zero to three years old. Yeah. And yeah. what happened between zero and three years old is the basis of what our belief system is and what resides in our primordial brain, yeah. which is the brain that comes into effect during labor mm -hmm. because the intensity of the uh, experience is such that you can no longer go by logic, you can no longer have a wall up, you can no longer pretend anything because <clears throat> you're completely encompassed by this amazing experience. And so if you haven't dealt with your unconscious, then that's where the seed of the fear was planted and it, it, it could be now a sequoia tree, <laughs> you yeah. know, it just depends on who you are. Now it's not about <coughs> pulling down the sequoia tree, but it's about embracing it, understanding it, climbing on top of it and using it to see the entire valley, mm -hmm. you know. So it's not about going back to the past and rehash it with a therapist that goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and nothing wrong with therapists, don't get me wrong in there, but it's about taking charge. Today, if you are pregnant, you have chosen no longer to just have a responsibility over your own life. You have chosen to be responsible for another human being, at least until they're about three years old. <laughs> yeah. Then they start getting their own opinion. But you're certainly responsible to them, to them at, at least until they're 18. So that is the first step to knowing that as a mother, you lead by example and not by, you know, do what I say, not what I do. Mm. So in order, if you're really conscious about that, if you really come together and decided to have a child this way, then you cannot but take this amazing time, if you haven't done it before, to spend understanding who you are, understanding your triggers, 
clearing up what doesn't work anymore, harnessing everything that works, and really trusting the fact that the only thing you've come into this world to do, according to Mother Nature, is to birth a baby. That's it. You're not here to be a lawyer. You're not here to be a writer. You're not even here to be a doula. You're just here to give birth. That's it. Right? As the primordial animal, that's all you're here for. And, And therefore, that's the easiest job. That's a painless job. You know, you were born to do that. You got to do nothing. But remove all that weed that stands in the way that you have let grow over the years over this very clear, easy, simple, painless path. Easier said than done. (laughs) Because I have such a methodical mind, what I did do is, uh, you know, I mean, there is nothing revolutionarily new about my work, but... What I found in in reading many birthing books, as well as just self-help, spiritual book, granola sprout eating book kind of a thing, I found that there were some amazing ideas and fantastic concepts about becoming conscious and living a conscious life, but nobody kind of gave me tools. Like, I'm a tool-needing person, you know? I need to know, okay, how do I go back to zero to three? And once I'm there, what do I do, you know? Mm. So what I did is that, which is another miracle of, of, of my crazy life, is that I finished writing a book, which was very much a stream of consciousness of my experience and, and of my spiritual journey to get to it and all of that. And then I went back boogie boarding because it seems like I got to go back boogie boarding. <laughs> I need some of that right now. But anyway, I went back and I really asked for a structure because I am vulgarizing. I need a structure. You know, I need tools. I need a structure. It's very, very important to me. And I was given this metaphor with the waves about the nine, uh, the chakras and the energy centers of the chakras. And, you know, it's a long story of what the correlation between the waves and the chakra is, but never mind. Uh, for now, go read my book. But, <laughs> but what I did is that then I realized that if I take every month of pregnancy and use that month to just clear and concentrate on one specific chakra, I can go on to first, second, third, and so forth, And then I discovered there are actually many, many philosophies all over the world where chakras are infinite. Like acupuncture is based on chakras and it's got thousands of thousands. So I chose to use nine of the nine months of pregnancy, which actually there's ten, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to be poetic about that. And But what was incredible, which really blew my mind, is that when I started putting down this little list of so in a in a in a table um, that is on, in my book, you have the chakras. Then you have the position of the chakra in the body. Then you have a basic human right. Every chakra is attached to, you know, what does it represent? First chakra represent the roots, 
right? Yeah. It's in your perineum. It represents the roots, which means tradition, culture, family, where you come from, and all of that, which is a great place to start yeah. your healing. And then you go into what is a basic human right attached to that chakra, and the basic human right is the right to be here. Now, so many girls, their parents wish they were boys. Mm -hmm. So right there, we have, especially in many different countries of the world, it's starting to change that. But right there, you can see that there could be like a complete break yeah. of if you don't believe you deserve to be here, forget about it. Yeah. There is no root. Yeah. Your plant has no roots, right? <clears throat> but the amazing correlation is not that which is pretty interesting, is what happens with the baby in each month. So the first chakra is survival roots mm. and, uh, you know, your right to be here. And the baby is only a heartbeat and a yolk sac, yeah. which is as basic as you can be. Mm. You know, step, you know, fast forward to, for instance, fifth month, it's the throat chakra, which is the right to speak. And hear the truth. And the baby in the fifth chakra, it's been kicking all along. But in the fifth month is when you really hear your babies kicking your belly, wanting to communicate. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, and in the fourth chakra, which is the heart chakra, the baby in the fourth month, the sexuality of the baby will be decided. So up to the fourth month, it could be a boy or a girl. But then in the fourth month, it's going to be a boy or a girl, mm. which, you know, its sexual uh, organs are developing one way or another. And it's got nothing to do with their sexual interests. It's not about you become a boy and you want a girl or anything like that. We're way past that. But it's the intimate relationship of the four chakra, right? Yeah. It's the relationship with the love, with love in general. Mm -hmm. In the A chakra, that blew my mind away. The A chakra is the right to be, uh, the right to uh, your divine powers, right? Mm -hmm. And in the A chakra, for sure the eighth month, the baby has dreams. We know now that the baby has dreams in the eighth month in the womb. Mm -hmm. And God higher power, Allah, I don't care what you call it, often communicates with us through dreams. Yeah. So, and it's not like I figured that out. I didn't invent this. No. This is 3,000 years old. Yeah. This is just correlation. Mm -hmm. And if you become, if you go through this path, then you go, okay, you start with, what is my relationship to my family, to my culture, to my tribe? How do I let go of what works? You know, I want a home birth. Everybody's saying I'm crazy. That's my family, my mother. How do I deal with that? Then you go into the second chakra. How are my relationship with people? My right to feel, my right to my feelings. The third chakra, how is my relationship with myself? How do I believe in myself? Do I have self-esteem? So we have specific tools that we can use to go through and clean up those weeds that I was talking about in the path that we were born in. Mm -hmm. We were born with a clear, imagine this gorgeous, clear path 
between two meadows and and it's clear and it's a beautiful day and at the end of that there is a child and that's your giving birth we were born with that but it's overgrown with media people everybody when you're pregnant everybody stops by to tell you their horror story and you believe it and everything that has happened to you so that's what painless childbirth is all about. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The, the bringing together with the chakras and the nine steps. And that's such a great way of helping people to kind of almost, to, you know, when people have got, because one thing that I talk a lot about is head trash, which is all the negative thoughts, feelings and emotions right. in our heads. And so I help people to kind of clear their head trash. And often it's just so overgrown or it's so chaotic in their heads that it's just too overwhelming and they just don't know where to start. So this right. sort of using the chakras is such a lovely way to help people navigate the mess that's in their head and exactly. start picking bits off in, you know, chunking right. it down for them. So that's right. just, yeah. and the fact that it, it, it also aligns with how the baby's evolving in the, in the pregnancy is just brilliant, brilliant. I just want to give you a high five for spotting that one. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it just came to me, man. It was like, whoa, okay. You know, a lot of my life is like, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> I mean, even when I'm in the room with a client, you know, sometimes people, especially because I train doulas now and and because of my foundation, I have a lot of doulas that I mentor and they kind of ask me, so, you know, how do you come to a decision to do this and that or that and this? And I'm just going, you know, frankly, I have no idea. Because when I'm at a birth, I just... I leave me out of the room. Mm. And when I walk in, I'm just like, you know, you told me to do this. We were boogie boarding. <laughs> you, know, you come over and give me some ideas here on how to deal with this. And, and when there is commitment, mine too, don't get me wrong. I was just at a birth. It was 48 hours. And for the first 24 it was like a million people in that room. That was a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, a sister, the nephew. Anyway, I don't want to give too many details because it is an anonymous situation. And let's just say there is a lot of people. And a lot of people with a lot of opinions. And then this client all of a sudden said to me, um, I'm going to have my birth coach from another city come in. And I'm like, okay. So the first 24 hours, I could not get it. I it wasn't like it wasn't happening. I even noticed hindsight that I wasn't like using all my tools because I was like, I kept asking myself, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Wrong? You know? And sure enough, she was on her route to a cesarean birth. Oh. No doubt. No doubt. And then all of a sudden, shift changed, new midwife, new nurse. People, was 2 o'clock in the morning, finally, they were asleep. They went home. And the doctor came in and she said, okay, you have one hour. That's it. One hour or we're going to have a cesarean. And that is when something turned on. It just turned on. And I remember... I got completely in, in my body because everybody had left, which is not a good excuse. And, you know, I will try to do better. <laughs> but I needed that clean energy, you know. Mm. 
And I just said, you know, the two of you now get in bed together. It was a hospital, regular hospital. Getting back together, I'm going to stand outside, guard, <laughs> and you get this oxytocin going. <laughs> and, and they did. Mm. And again, that was just a suggestion. It's something that it's not unusual. There's nothing, but it was just at the right, the, the right suggestion at the right time. Mm. And I didn't do anything. They got it. And, and it exploded. Like, this baby was not doing well, so it couldn't get Pitocin. Everybody wanted to give it Pitocin because it wasn't, you know, the usual thing is not progressing fast enough, whatever. So we were blessed by the fact that the baby was not doing well so that he wouldn't get Pitocin. But we were also, because the baby wasn't doing well, just according to the machine, we could possibly get a cesarean. So she was able to raise the level of Pitocin. So that her contraction started really working and really opening up. And, ev and when I came back in, we noticed that every time we spoke to the baby, the baby's heartbeat that was going to go down came up. Oh. So we literally spoke to the baby for four and a half hours. Wow. And I was like, if they would get tired... I would go, and then we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> and at the beach, we're going to surf. <laughs> and, then, and then I would get tired, and Dad would start talking and talking and talking and talking. And, and then, you know, there were like waves. Dad started getting tired, and then Mom started to talk. And I love that. it was sheer magic. Wow. Sheer magic. And, of course, it ended up with a vaginal birth, and it was beautiful, and the woman had... I mean, we all had this incredible experience of magic. It's sort of like everybody left, and this incredible presence came in, told us what to do. We did it. We trusted completely, even though it's like, okay, I'm going to have a cesarean. What is my husband spooning in bed with me is going to do it? You know what I mean? She totally trusted. I totally trusted. Everybody in the room totally trusted. And we created magic, mm. you know? And that is not a channel. It's not the spirit of this person of this person coming through. It's just what I call in my second book, what I call uterus mundi. You know, based on the idea of anima mundi, mm -hmm. I think that more than anima mundi, there is a uterus mundi. Okay. Every being in the world, every being that has a heartbeat has been through a womb. Yeah. You don't have to be a mammal, but you have been in a womb. And it could even be your father's womb if you are a... What do you call it? A little seahorse, okay? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, all right? It's not just for women. And that womb that has you incubating and becoming whatever it is that you're going to end up being is the seat of all knowledge. Mm. All knowledge. All potentiality. And if you tune in and listen to it, whether you're a man, you can tune in to where you come from, or a woman, you tune in to something that calls your attention monthly by bleeding. Mm. Please listen to me. Talk to me. Change me. 
care for me. If we listen to that and we realize just the magic of this organ, how can you how can you be a how can it be a painful experience when you're like tapping into the magic? I mean, for God's sake, a human being is growing in there. That's freaky. <laughs> I know. It totally is. Even when I was pregnant, I was I was at moments just freaking out of my own body doing what it was doing. It just completely freaks you out, doesn't it? In at it's, times, it really crazy, does. You know? Now, granted, one of the things that we really have to make sure is that women don't feel they're not good enough because they didn't have a painless experience, mm. okay? Because my next book, it's, uh, it's coming up about that. It, you know, oh, I, I, I'm not positive enough. That's why I had a cesarean. I'm not conscious enough. That's why I had a bad birth. That's not it, okay? That's not it. What we need to understand is that, first of all, the baby is part of this Equation. So sometimes babies decide to be born a different way. But more importantly, it's not that having a drug-free, pain-free, vaginal birth is the ultimate end result. The ultimate end result is to have a conscious birth. However you get there, you get there. My first child was not painless by any means. He was posterior. Granted, it was only 12 hours, which is very short now, I know. It seemed forever. And I pushed from some, you know, something like three hours. It was insane. Not painless, but it was a great opportunity to me for me to go, okay, now I got it. Now I got it. And my daughter then came in three hours, which helps being painless when it's only three hours, okay? So let's not forget that because if you're being in labor for two days, it's going to be really hard to have a painless childbirth and not to get some help. And it's okay to get some help after 24 to 48 hours, right? But, you know, I literally said to my body, okay, here's how it's going down. We're going to have a wave. You're going to open up. (laughs) So the beauty and the magic, it's not about pain. It's not about vaginal. It's not about anything else but living a conscious life minute by minute, allowing and trusting your body that we were born to do this, Mm. removing the crap uh, maybe I should find a better word, but removing the weeds the on the trash. Yeah. <laughs> removing that and accepting that whatever happens, it's perfect. It's a wonderful, beautiful experience, even in tragedy. Just the hardest thing to talk about. Mm, mm, mm. You know, the ultimate tragedy, mm. which as doulas after a certain amount of years you you all experience mm, mm, you know mm. and um, easier said than done but it's the magic that we have lost mm. it's just incredible magic mm. that you know 
It is truly, I mean, birth is truly a magical experience. And I think when women don't prepare for it or, you know, start preparing themselves mentally, start acknowledging the potential magicalness of that situation and treating it, you know, a lot of women will spend so long planning the nursery, researching the pram, buying the sling or whatever it is, you know, they'll no. spend so much money and mental energy on things like that. And the birth is almost of an afterthought. And it's really, yeah. the it should be the other way around. It really doesn't matter what about the nursery. The little one's going to be with you for the first three months anyway. Anyway. Right. Long. You know, it's not going to need a nursery or a cot. So, I know, I know. I, um, I, you know, I just, do you have a diaper? Do you have a blanket? Do you have a yeah, boob? You're done. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that really, you know, because they just kind of, and then they miss it. And it's come and it's gone. Yeah. And they've missed this moment where they're meeting. Yeah. This is going to be one of the people that they're going to love the most in the whole wide world. And I they're know, going to meet them I that know. day and they don't plan for it. You know, that's, I think, yeah. the tragedy as well, it's isn't it? It's starting to change. It's starting to change. That's why doulas are coming up. Yeah. New thing. Uh, midwives are getting stronger in their presence. Uh, I don't know in, in, in the UK, but in the United States, we went from, we almost doubled our home birth uh, percentages. So there is a revolution it is happening. It is starting. We got got to give it time, mm. you know. Mm. Hospitals. I mean, just twelve years ago, I was I, I was a witch. <laughs> I was I was like a, you know, a witch brewing witch. I mean, God, I was you know, doulas were just so marginalized, and not that you know, you still have quite a few pretty weird experiences, but. Uh, but they're getting better. Mm. Um, women are storing red tents yeah. all over the place. What's a red tent? For those people that don't know what a red tent is. Alexia. My God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, first of all, pick up that book called The Red Tent okay. by Diana Diamant. It's an amazing book. But The Red Tent basically is the place where um, Jewish women in particular, but most women in the world, uh, relegated themselves during the period. Mm. So, especially in the Jewish Orthodox uh, uh, religion, a woman that was bleeding was considered inadequate to handle food or mm. stuff like that. I think it really is a is a great invention of women instead of looking at it as men relegated them to, oh, you're dirty because you're bleeding. Because the woman who's bleeding is like, the heck with you, you cook your own food, man. I'm going to the plant <laughs> with my girlfriends. And that's where women gather together during their period and they uh, pamper each other, they talk to each other, they express their emotions, they feel free about their emotion. So this is a, a tradition that was very, very strong in many cultures around the world and especially in the Jewish culture. And uh, that is getting revived. Okay. That women are coming together and and talking about their menstrual cycles uh, without shame, talking about alternative way of uh, 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 managing their fertility versus you know getting this horrible medicine that destroyed their uterus and 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 all of that. I mean the staggering the staggering numbers of women that are getting hysterectomies 
in United States, it's scary. Mm. It's scary. That's how menopause is dealt with mm. in the United States. Mm. It's mm. scary. Mm. So there is more awareness of that <clears throat> in this Red Tent movie. You know, Nicola Goodhall, is, uh, her school is called the Red Tent yeah. Doula. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, it, traditionally, even after birth, many, many cultures uh, relegated women, you know, to doing nothing for 30 days, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're called the quarantena in Mexico, where they stayed 40 days off washing the dishes, cleaning, or everybody does everything for you, and, and um, Korea is the same, and China is the same, a lot of Asian countries are like that. So women for centuries and centuries and centuries have taken care of the womb, uh, you know, adventures, whether it's in the monthly place uh, of the red tent or in, you know, when they have babies and they take care of one another. Mm -hmm. But we lost all that. Yeah. We lost all that. You know, we were on the rag. We had the curse. Um, PMS is a Western culture invention, yeah. you know, there's no women with PMS in China until, you know, a few years ago. Mm. Uh, there's no PMS in Africa, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a patriarchal, and I'm not putting men down or, you know, it's not that point. It's just that mm. we've taken that route, yeah. taken a path that is not our path, mm. you know, our path is a different path. Mm. Not better, not worse, it's just our path. And our path, there is celebration in menstruation, there is celebration in childbirth, no fear, trusting your body, take care of the mother, loving the mother after she had a baby. Of course, breastfeed your baby. You know, do everything that you were meant to do, really. Well, Judita, thank you so much for sharing what You're you shared welcome. today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you about painless birth, conscious birthing and everything else that we've talked about. It's just been wonderful. Um, if anybody wants to, I mean, we've talked about your book. You've got a website. Just, would you mind just sharing where people can find out more about your work so they can, you know, websites, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff would be absolutely fabulous. Absolutely. So... My website is joyinbirthing.com. Mm. Uh, my books are on Amazon UK for sure. Yeah, I'll and put links. Thank God so they're nice. in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also do a workshop uh, all over the world called Loving the Mother. And that website is lovingthemother.com. I do it with Nicola Goodhall and uh, Robin Lim two amazing, amazing women, and the next one is coming up in December, New Year's Eve. And uh, I'm coming to Scotland. I'm You're really coming. excited about that. And I'm doing, actually, a Healing the Money Third Chakra workshop for Halloween. We're definitely doing the witch's brew to make more money in uh, any sort of business, whether you're a yoga teacher or a therapist or a doula. And that website is healingthemoney.com. Okay. So I'm also a geek. That's why I have a lot of websites. <laughs> and you're based out of LA, aren't you? So have you got anything coming yeah. in the US? Because I know a lot of my listeners are in the US. So what's what? What are you doing in the US, if anything? Well, in the US, I mainly um, do. You know, I have my private practice as a doula, but I also have a 
It's called joinbirthingfoundation.org. I have a foundation where well, we're about 35 doulas, and we help 150 women. We're volunteer doulas, and we help 150 women each year. And these women are either in the foster care system, they are in homeless shelters, there are women that are victims of uh, sexual abuse, victims of torture even from other countries. So we try to help for free as many women as we can mm. um, because we strongly, because otherwise the, the women that we deal with would probably be completely alone at the hospital if we wouldn't be here wow. with them. Wow, so, and we're soon going into uh, the jail system so that we can maybe help some women that are incarcerated uh, because those are shackled to the bed when they are in labor, really? even though it's against the law. So, Goodness. it's good to give back. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. No, your work sounds amazing. Just wonderful, wonderful work. So, thank you once again, Judita, for coming on the Childbirth oh, Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast interview. I really, really enjoyed chatting to Giudita. Now, she shared a ton of really interesting links, great books and lots of info. So if you want to find out more about all that stuff, then just check out the podcast show notes at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash painless. That's all you need to do is fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash painless for all the links and everything you need to know and a little bit of a summary about what we chatted during our chat. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. You've just been listening to Alexia Leachman from the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.